Hello and welcome to the Will Preach for Food podcast. I'm Doug. I serve as pastor for the people of Faith Lutheran Church in Shelton, Washington. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in today. You know, every year the church observes two big holidays. Christmas celebrates the birth of Jesus and Easter Sunday, the celebration of the empty tomb, Jesus' resurrection from the dead. Well, today is Pentecost Sunday, and a strong case could be made that today should be getting as much press as the other two. After all, Pentecost is the celebration of the gift of the Holy Spirit and the birth of the Christian church. I think that Pentecost has never managed to market itself very well. After all, Christmas has Santa Claus, the Easter bunny for Easter, and Pentecost has tongues of fire? Yeah, I think Pentecost has a serious branding issue there. But it doesn't diminish the power of the Holy Spirit and its leadership in the church to this day. Today I have the privilege of uh, pointing you to the Holy Spirit who gathers, scatters, leads, and equips the church in service to the mission of God, the mending of the entire universe. So today we're going to start in the book of Acts, chapter 2. Then we're going to look at a few other passages as well. So grab your Bible and put on your thinking cap and, and let's dive in. I hope this time together encourages you, helps you understand more clearly what the Spirit is doing in our world and in our lives and gives you a couple ways that you can bless and encourage others in the week ahead. I've included some Bible references and takeaways in the podcast notes, and you can find more worship and study resources at our website, www.faithshelton.org. Let's pray. O God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending. By paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown, Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your Spirit is leading us and your love supporting us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So let's start with a short reading from Acts chapter 2, the first verse, just the first four verses. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all gathered in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Here ends the reading. I should mention that they are the the 12 disciples um, and maybe a group of about 100 or so of the early followers of Jesus. Pentecost had begun as a Jewish harvest festival that took place about 50 days after the Passover. That's where the name comes from, Pentecost, the 50 days later festival. And for those of you keeping score at home, you've got 40 days from Easter to the ascension of Jesus and then 10 more days to Pentecost. In both uh, the Hebrew of the Old Testament and the Greek of the New Testament, the word for spirit is the same word for wind and breath. So ruach in the Hebrew, pneuma in the Greek. Ruach, pneuma equals spirit equals wind equals breath. And so in Acts, the spirit is like a mighty wind. Or if you go back at just a couple pages to the end of the Gospel of John, you see that the spirit is breathed. John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, it says, He breathed on his disciples and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. 
So I suppose you can try to figure out how to reconcile these two accounts of the uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, but I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. And then I'm certainly not going to try to figure out what tongues of fire are. The Spirit is as intimate as the breath of a close friend in a closed room at night. The Spirit is as bold and noisy and disruptive as a microburst in downtown at midday. Whatever it was, the the early church identified this Spirit as being very much God in their presence and in their hearts, and it united them as one people. We've got the Spirit. Yes, we do. And the early church uh, formed a, a community in this Spirit, sharing their life and faith and food and stories and time as one people. Acts chapter 2 ends with this description of life in the early church. Acts chapter 2, beginning at verse 41. It says, Those who accepted Peter's message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Well, eventually the band has to break up, though. Acts chapter 8 describes the fallout after a particularly deadly confrontation between the Christians and, and the Jews in Jerusalem. A Christian named Stephen is put to death by stoning, and then, well, all hell breaks loose. It says in Acts chapter 8, the first verse, on that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Now this passage does a couple of things. First, it points to a key development in the mission of the young faith community. Most of the Christians had to skip town, scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Not coincidentally, Jesus had instructed the disciples back in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So this scattering of the early church in Acts chapter 8 was quickly understood to be a part of God's mission and plan all along. Acts chapter 8 also in, uh, introduces us to a new character who will eventually take a prominent role in the story of the early church, a Jewish leader named Saul who was converted to the Christian faith. We know him now as the Apostle Paul. He um, wrote some letters. One of those letters called 1 Corinthians. Uh, in chapter 12, he writes this about the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. He skips ahead to verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. 
There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its parts form one body, so it is with Christ. So there it is. Spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, the body of Christ, fundamental to the way we as Christians understand our life together and our calling, our vocation, our participation in the priesthood of all believers. We're all in this together, literally, one body, the body of Christ, each one of us gifted with a manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. Paul lists some of the spiritual gifts by name, wisdom and prophecy and healing and discernment. Then he goes on to, to, to the analogy of the body. Every part of the body has a different but vital function. No part is more important than another. No part is less important than another. When a part of the body is hurting, the whole body suffers. And when all the parts are in place doing their thing, well, that's just a thing of beauty. You are the body of Christ, Paul concludes, and each one of you is a part of it. So I just threw a whole lot of Bible verses at you, but uh, putting it all together, it is to say that without the indwelling and leadership of the Holy Spirit, there simply is no church. And because of the indwelling and leadership of the Holy Spirit, we are the church. By the power and leadership of the Holy Spirit today, the people of faith can say with confidence that we belong, we bless, and we become. We belong, we're, we're called, God-breathed, spirit-filled, gathered into the mystical communion, the, the body of Christ. We bless, we're scattered and led by the Holy Spirit to the ends of the earth to proclaim the good news using words if necessary. And we become, we become closer to and more like Jesus as we use and manifest the gifts of the Spirit given to us for the sake of the common good and for the sake of God's mission. Let me say a little bit more about each of those three things, to, to belong, to bless, and to become. So first, belonging. The assembly, is, uh, the assembly of believers, the communion of saints, the body of Christ, the family of God, the followers of Jesus... We are one in the Spirit, as the old song says, and we'll walk with each other. We'll work side by side, six feet apart, of course, but still side by side. And together we'll guard each one's dignity and save each one's pride. We are members of one body, eyes and ears and mouth and nose, head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. There is a natural and supernatural vibe that we experience when we gather for worship or for Bible study. And that's what we're missing more than anything these days. We just miss being together. But here's the thing. Since our unity is in the Spirit, it is also true that the closer we get to Jesus in our own prayer, in our study, in our devotion, in our service to our neighbor... The closer we get to Jesus by the power of the Spirit, the closer we are to one another. To bless. 
As sure as the Spirit gathers and unites us, the Spirit also scatters us and sends us. God has a mission, what Dan Erlander calls God's unfolding promise to mend the entire universe. The community in Jerusalem following Pentecost was good and beautiful and spirit-led, but it wasn't complete. Jesus had said, you will be my witnesses to the ends of the earth. So there's this crisis, this disruption that forces the early community out of its comfort zone. The Spirit leads them out, and, and it says that these early Christians shared the gospel wherever they went. They blessed others with encouragement, with healing, forgiveness, dignity, compassion, and peace. I think today this pandemic is absolutely a call, a mandate for the people of faith to bless and be a blessing to our neighbors. By the way, as we're scattered by the Holy Spirit, we never have to go anywhere that the Spirit isn't. The Spirit is already and always at work in the world, always out ahead of us. When we volunteer at Community Lifeline, the Spirit is already there. When we visit a friend in the hospital, God is already there ministering to them. When we go door to door, inviting people to faith this fall, the Spirit will already be working in the hearts and lives of our neighbors. Our job is to show up, to recognize, to participate in what God is already doing. That's what it means to bless. So belonging and blessing and then finally becoming. The Holy Spirit is working in you and me to make us more like and draw us closer to Jesus. Each one of us manifests the Holy Spirit in our own unique ways. Each one of us is Christ to our neighbor. And then collectively, when each one of us is doing our thing, the body of Christ works together for the common good. Just one example of this in my own life. A few years ago, I had just started a new role at a hospital as a hospice volunteer coordinator. About a month in, I was struggling to keep up with the monthly meetings uh, to engage the volunteers. I remember during a morning jog, I was thinking, what, you know what I really need is someone who would take notes at that monthly meeting, and I really need someone who would call those volunteers every month to remind them about the meeting so that they'd come. Well, I went into work that day, and I had an interview with a new volunteer. Her name is Patty. Well, I asked her, well, Patty, what makes you tick? What are some things that you enjoy doing? Well, she told me, uh, she told me she was a retired secretary, and one of the things that she missed most of all was practicing her shorthand. <laughs> I said, well, Patty, would you be willing to take notes uh, for hospice at our monthly volunteer meetings? She looked at me. She said, oh, I'd love to. And then, as I was walking Patty out, out the door uh, into the hospice center, she recognized a gentleman who was stopping in to visit a friend. Derry, she said, I want you to meet the chaplain. And then Patty explained to Derry that she was training to be a volunteer. He was interested. He said, well, I'm looking for an opportunity to do some volunteering. Derry had just been, uh, said he had just been replaced at another nonprofit agency in town. The, the task that he was doing wasn't required of him anymore. I said, well, what were you doing for that group? He said, well, I was calling the volunteers every month just to see how they were doing and remind them of upcoming events. He said, I sure I'm going to miss making those phone calls. So I said, well, Derry, would you be willing to make those phone calls for hospice? He said, I'd love to. 
Now, it doesn't always work out quite that smoothly, but I do find that when I am listening, when I'm paying attention, when I'm open to the Spirit, sometimes some really cool things can happen. So again, without the indwelling and leadership of the Holy Spirit, there's no church. But because of the indwelling and leadership of the Holy Spirit, we are the church. By the power and leadership of the Holy Spirit today, the people of faith can say with confidence that we belong, we bless, and we become. So as a person who belongs to the body of Christ, I want you to think about one way that you can encourage even one person who you know is feeling left out or alone because of this pandemic. As a person sent to bless others, today I want you to think about how you can let your little light shine, how you can encourage or provide for someone who is hurting or in need. And as a person possessed by the Holy Spirit, I want you to pray for guidance and ask God to show you one way how you can grow closer to or be more like Jesus in the coming days and weeks. Thanks for listening to this week's We'll Preach for Food podcast. For more information about Faith Shelton, you can go to our website, www.faithshelton.org. You can also subscribe to this podcast through Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or any other way you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to like our Facebook page, Faith Shelton. If you're listening to this as part of our Faith Shelton YouTube worship playlist, you can subscribe to that channel, which helps you access some amazing worship and prayer resources from our congregation. Now, all these things I'm inviting you to do, these subscriptions, they're free, and they actually help get our podcast out to more people who might benefit from from some biblical encouragement. Finally, think about someone you might know who might enjoy this message and share a link with them today. Hey, thanks again, Chaz, for your production work. Thank you, people of faith, for your generosity, for your grace during this season. Oh God, you have called your servants to ventures of which we cannot see the ending, by paths as yet untrodden through perils unknown. Give us faith to go out with good courage, not knowing where we go, but only that your Spirit is leading us and your love supporting us through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Children of God, You are sealed with the Holy Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Amen.